0: hello hello there everybody what i'm going to talk about today one of the easiest easiest quickest ways to help prevent injuries with your dog you know what that is well i put it in the title right above right before i went live but warm up doing a warm-up exercise warming up your dog is one of the simplest and easiest things that you can do to help Prevent injuries. Now, doing a warm-up exercise. You, there's there are a lot of other advantages to why you most definitely want to warm up your dog before doing physical activities, before competing, before racing, doing sports, whatever it is you do. Um, this this is really important, and that's what I'm going to be talking with you about today. Um, if you're just now joining me, um, let me know type down below do you do a warm-up and uh, what do you do for your warm-up i'd love to hear i mean there's it's endless the number of things you can do for warm-up exercises and i'm going to give you some specific examples of things that i like to do um and things to consider depending on what kind of work or sport you're doing but in the meantime if you're joining me hello hello thank you for joining and right below let me know do you typically warm up your dog and um if you don't you know a lot of people something they, ha- they haven't really thought about and uh if if you do let me know what kinds of exercises you like to do so um uh oh uh, michael so michael said you jumped on an hour early and you wondered where everybody was yeah yeah Eight thirty p.m eastern time is when you catch us live here so uh thanks for joining us michael so if this is your first time i just want let me give a quick introduction my name is erica bowling And I am the owner and founder of Northeast Canine Conditioning. I love helping people take their sport dogs and working dogs and turning them into elite canine athletes. Um, But I also enjoy helping uh, pet owners keep their dogs fit and healthy. And I also like to help people on the business side of things. If you catch my topics on Friday, sometimes I talk about business, uh, canine business-related topics. But today we're talking about fitness. Today we're talking about warm-up exercises. So, Michael. You're, you should be warming up your dogs because you heard this from me before. Um, Lorna, thanks for joining us. Do you warm up your dogs before activities? So before I jump into all the different ways that you can warm up your dog, let me just briefly go through um, some of the many, many, many reasons why it's so important, why you really need to make sure you do it. Um, number one, it increases the blood flow so you are preparing your dog for exercise you're preparing your dog for activity and um you're you're getting the heart rate pumping more and you're getting that blood flowing what you want to do is you want to get your dog so they are um you can noticeably see that increase of heart rate that increase of the blood flow you might see um some panting starting Um, One of my dogs, he starts to get a little pink in the ears, on the inside of the ears. Now, I don't want him like bright, bright, bright pink. That's too much. But um, I want to see that metabolism is starting to pick up speed, right? So, hey, Kim, thank you for joining us. Let us know. Do you, Kim, you have horses too. Do you warm up your horses and do you warm up your dogs before activity? If you do, let us know what you do. Um, Okay, with that increased blood flow, you are increasing the body temperature so again all of this is part of prepping your dog getting your dog ready for exercise and activity right so you're increasing the blood uh, the blood flow increasing the heart rate uh and you're warming up the body and uh that is definitely something that's going to help us in our dog's performance with that said you are increasing the oxygen intake Right? You're getting that oxygen flowing. It's going through faster. You're getting more going. So think about it. Think about if I'm going to be sprinting. Um, Think about if I'm getting ready to do a long distance run, right? And I need to bring in oxygen. If I can get a lot more oxygen that first 20 seconds or 30 seconds, it's going to help me than if it's going to take me twice as long to have that same oxygen intake. So if I'm exercising, if I'm already warmed up, I'm gonna be taking in more oxygen, I'm gonna be fueling those cells, I'm gonna be working those, those muscles are gonna be just primed and ready for exercise. So this is really important. What happens now, oh, Kim says, yes, I warm up my horses, I walk them around and then do some groundwork. Perfect, I've got a video to share, you might appreciate a video I'm gonna share in just a minute um, based on what I what I've learned from horses, right? Um, but going back to the benefits, so our heart rate's beating a little harder, right? Your dog's starting to breathe a little heavier. The blood flow is circulating. We're getting more oxygen out there to the muscles. So what's, what, does that, what, what does all that lead to? Well, number one, we're starting to see an increase in muscle elasticity. So our muscles, if you, if you ever stretch at the gym, if you ever tried stretching on cold muscles and then go warm up, Go do a little bit of a jog on the treadmill, and then go stretch again. You'll probably find that when you're stretching on warm muscles, you can stretch better. You can stretch better. Um, perfect example is when my back is bothering me. My back is achy. I will go. I will walk into the gym, and I can like barely walk, and my back is all stiff, and I might even be hunched over. <laughs> As those muscles warm up, um, my stride gets longer. Instead of walking, I can now jog. I can stand up straighter because i'm getting more flexibility so all of this is really important so think about when you're competing your dog if your dog is more flexible right if your muscles are warmed up your dog's going to have a, a a longer stride if your dog is jumping and your dog's more flexible and the muscles are warmed up and they're taking more more oxygen intake it's going to help with the jumping it's gonna help if they have to do a short burst of speed. A lot of, our, a lot of our dog sports are based on sprinting activities, right? The dog has to very quickly accelerate speed or go from you know, slow to a standstill to jumping, that burst of energy. And so this is gonna help all of that. Um, and so increasing the muscle elasticity and warming up the body and warming up the muscles, it's going to help prevent injury right it's going to help prevent injury so if you think about it if i'm if i go out and i'm trying to jump and my muscles are cold and my muscles aren't real flexible right well i'm not going to jump as high um and i might even overstretch a part of my body what if i slip what if i take a bigger leap and my body's not warmed up um i'm more susceptible to have a, a pulled muscle if those muscles are tight and they're not more elastic and they're warmed up from the body through my warm-up activity. So, um, so this is huge, this is huge for injury prevention. Um, uh, Lorna says, I don't compete, my dog is too old. So here's the thing, Lorna, is even if you're not competing, and especially if your dog's old, you're, you know, I'm getting older, I feel the aches and pains, um even if you're going to be doing things with your dog and being more active let's say you might go for a longer walk or your dog's going to do a little bit of trotting or uh let's say i'm going to um turn my dog loose in the backyard and i know it's going to like suddenly just go out and, and, and and run quickly from a stop a dead stop if i have an older dog and even if my dog's not competing it's still important to to build up that's gradual warming up of the the muscles and building up that warming up of the body and um helping that dog you'll find i used to teach uh, senior aerobics i used to teach senior aerobics i'd have women sometimes in there 90 years old 80 years old and uh they would come in and again they, they might come in achy and sore stiff um limited range of motion and after a, uh, it was a low impact aerobic class. We weren't jumping and stuff, but low impact, and we would do a really nice warm up and just get them those muscles moving, and building it up slowly, gradually increasing activity. They would be more comfortable, less pain, and more flexible. So there are tons of benefits for our senior dogs for doing the warm up, right? Um. So Marilyn says horses are more supple and relaxed um, near the end of the ride. Yes, even if they were stiff starting out. Yep, because you warmed them up, you warmed up those muscles, right? So injury prevention is huge. And then also uh, another thing is you're reducing muscle tension. So this goes right back to my conversation with um senior dogs. Or what if you have a dog that had an old injury? You know, a lot of times when they have injuries, that's one of the first places where arthritis might set in. If they had an old injury uh, somewhere along their joint, um, it's not unusual that that's where you'll start to see that arthritis setting in earlier. Um, Also, older dogs, you might have old injuries. You might have scar tissue. You might have, you know, parts of their body that are, you know, just stiffer to begin with. So this is going to help them, um, just as important for your older dogs also warming up those muscles. You're just, you know, you're not gonna do the exact same type intensity and you might not do the same type of exercises, but it is really important. And so um, all of that said, um, if you are doing performance-based activities with your dogs, all of this can help performance we've got research on this and we've got research with human athletes um looking at the actual performance looking at what exercises they're doing looking at speed looking at jumping looking at throwing different types of activities and we do know in addition to injury prevention we know that those warm-ups are going to help enhance performance um Awesome. So Lorna said my dog's in pretty good shape though. Yep. So we want to keep them in good shape, right? As, as as good as we can keep them. So those are just some of the examples of all the many, many ways that our warm-up exercises are going to help our dogs. And like I said, doesn't matter if you have an older dog. There might be more of an argument there that they need that warm-up, even more so. Because they might already have some aches and pains, and old scar tissue, and body parts that aren't functioning like when they were younger. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind: um, if you have an older dog, um, your your warm-up exercise might be more gradual. Um, I know that as I get older, um, I need my body needs more time to warm up. Um, I have more aches and pains, and I have more things I have to work through. So um so my warm up exercises it takes me longer right now to feel the effects of my warm up exercise all the positive effects it takes me longer to feel that than say when i was 20 years old um because you know my body's not the same and i need that warm up even more so but it takes a little bit longer to get there right so the warm up is is important no matter whether you know if your dog competes if you don't compete if you have an older dog if you have a younger dog all of these benefits apply to all, all of those situations so what do you do uh, hey angie thanks for joining us angie's on your road trip yes out west uh angie says i've done an even longer warm up uh, due to ziva oh being in the car yeah so so here yeah you have to consider um a couple things <coughs> excuse me you have to think about uh the context of the warm-up you have to think about your dog, <coughs> and you have to think about the environment. So um, I have people that will ask me, and they'll say, "Okay, um, how how long should I do my warm up?" And um, I never time my warm up. Never, ever, ever. I base my warm up by observing my dog. I observe my dog, and I watch those physical effects of exercise on my dog, warming them up. I look at my dog panting. I look at how hard my dog is panting. I look at the pinkness inside the ears, right? I also consider the temperature outside. I consider the humidity, and I consider the kind of activity I'm preparing for. So if it's warmer outside and a high humidity, my warm-up might be very short, okay? Because it doesn't take long at all for my dog to be panting and, and for those muscles to warm up. If I'm going to be exercising and it's colder outside and drier outside, you know, lower humidity, my dog's going to need a longer warm-up. Other things that affect my warm-up is if I'm just going to do basic obedience, I'm just going to walk, I'm going to heal, um, and I'm going to do an obedience routine, that's not extremely hard on the body, right? And I'll do a warm-up, but I don't have to, I don't have to do it as long as if my dog, if my dog's gonna go out there and do a bunch of jumps, and my dog is racing and running at top speed and you know, twisting and turning and changing of direction while he's in full steam ahead, the demands on my dog's body are much harder, much greater than if he's just doing a basic obedience routine. So if I know that I'm going to be doing a very physically demanding activity, I really want to make sure, especially if it's high impact, hard physical activity, I really, really want to make sure my dog's warmed up and I might spend some additional time. Now, I don't want to overheat my dog. Like, I don't want my dog just you know panting like crazy, the tongue hanging you know, twice the length out of his mouth, um, you know, really cupping and curving of the tongue. I don't want to overheat my dog. But if I am doing some more strenuous activities, I do want to really make sure my dog is extra prepped and extra prepared for that activity. That's really important. So, um, so when people say, you know, how long should I do a warm up? I might have a warm up that's two minutes, and I might have a warm up that's ten minutes you know um and it also depends on what you do for the warm up how quickly your dog you know gets there you don't want to make it too quick you like a gradual increase but i would say on average i mean just to give you an estimate on an average i might spend 5 to 10 minutes on in warm up but you know like i said if it's if it's 75 degrees outside and high humidity um my dog doesn't and he's sensitive to the heat i don't need a, a lot of time i don't not, I need a lot of time yeah it totally depends it totally depends. So, um, so the best thing I can say is know your dog. Know your dog when they're a little bit winded, a little bit warmed up, or know your dog when your dog is starting to overheat. Know when your dog is really kind of panting hard. What are your dog's unique signs? Um, now, one thing, this is something that's tough. Um, because I do protection work, I run with my dog and I do detection work. I do my warm-up differently, like in detection work. In protection work, my dog, there's a lot of high impact. Um, in French ring, there's jumping, they're running very, very fast down the field, and it's a very high-impact sport, right? So I, I really like my dog having a really good warm-up. I want him panting, I want the ears getting a little bit pink. Um, I do have to be careful not to overheat them. But here's the thing is, in detection work, if your dog is panting, heavily like that is going to um have an impact on their their scenting abilities so if your dog is exhaling you know and breathing really hard and panting really hard and breathing out all this you know all this you know air to try to cool himself off um there's not as much time spent in air going into the nose for sniffing and smelling and doing detection work so um so it's interesting because like when I do my French ring and protection, if my dog's like panting a little heavy, like that's okay for me. But when I do detection work, I don't want a heavy panting dog like I want him warmed up, but I don't want him ju- I don't want him panting like he does in protection sports because it's, it's going to um, you know it, it impacts his the, the sniffing ability, right? And so um, a couple, and also when I do detection work, it's not as high energy or high impact. So in that regard, it's okay if it's a little bit of a lower energy warm up, because when I do detection work, he's not running full speed; he's walking or trotting. Um, and also when he's doing detection work, if we're doing any kind of um, rough terrain or climbing and stuff it's it's usually it's not high impact it's not like what what we do out in protection sports so the body you know doesn't have the same physical demands on it um so you know sometimes i i wish that i could do a little bit of a heavier warm-up with him but um but he'll get winded and he doesn't handle the heat well so i do I do adjust my warm ups a little bit when I'm doing detection work, um, and I don't get him panting as much. I don't have him breathing as hard as what I would do is preparing for, you know, to do a one point two meter jump or climb the palisade um, palisade wall, right? So those are some things um, to, to think about. But you still want to do a warm up. Um, so, um, so a couple things. What do we do for a warm up? Well. I had a video here I wanted to show you. One of the things, one of the simplest things to do for a warm-up, especially if your dog has to stay on leash, is to, to trot your dog. Um, you can trot your dog in circles. You take a six-foot line, you know, six-foot lead, kind of walk with your dog. You can trot with him or use the leash and kind of, you know, do half circles, um, get him going around part of that circle and get him going faster, and get your dog trotting and um doing something now i'm going to do more if i'm going to be doing some real high level high impact activity i'm going to do more than trotting but i always start with a fast walk and pretty quickly i move into a trot. and if my dog is on leash what i will do is um i will just kind of walk in circles with him and uh, when i do candy cross um when i do candy cross i'll do the warm-up with my dog so he's attached to me and i'm running with him i start with a really uh i start with a walk I move very quickly to a fast walk and I need more of a warm up than he does. I need a longer warm up when I go running with him because of my back. So in canny cross I warm up with him. I walk with him and we'll do maybe we might do a quarter of a mile and we walk really really fast and then I break into a slow jog and then I gradually increase my jog faster and faster. So in um, in canny cross I will run with him. One time I was at a race and we were waiting to go to the start line. And what I did was um, I just took him next to me and I just um, I jogged with him up and down the road a few times, and so there I was actually running with him, and we were jogging together but there are instances where you can't jog with your dog or physically you can't run, and so I will stand and hold the leash and I just encourage my dog um, to go around in circles now let me see um let me see if I can get a um, video I want to share with you. I had it up, but then the Internet knocked me off. But what I do, if some of you are familiar, some of you are horse people, I know, but with um, horses, we do lunging with horses where we have the horses go in circles. Let me see if I can get this up for you. And with horses, um, you will have like a long, uh, a lunge line, a long line. And you will actually have the horse trotting or cantering in circles around you. And I actually what I do is, I'm see if I can get this video up for you, is I actually um, lunge my dog around in circles like I do a horse. And yeah, I'm, for some reason, this program it kicked I had my video ready to share, and it kicked it off. Um, but what I will do is I will, here we go. Nope. It's not coming up. I will post the, the video in the discussion area. But what I do here is it's the same thing as just trotting my dog in circles. But what I do is I put him on a longer line and I actually have a 30 foot leash, but you have to be pretty good at um, handling long ropes. You got to be very careful with this because sometimes people will, um, they will get the rope uh, wrapped around their feet and get tripped up. So just be very careful. You don't want to do it with a really long line, a really long rope, unless you're experienced in lunging horses. But here, I'm going to – if you're on my business page, I'll put the video um, link on there. So I will actually have him on a long – I'll use about a 12- to 15-foot uh, long line. And I just basically trot – trot my dog in circles, I trot him clockwise and counterclockwise, so I'm warming up both sides of his body, and he's so used to it, I can actually take him out in the park, and I can take his his leash off, and and he will just run circles around me, and um, if your dog is used to doing a focused heel, and is used to looking up, and you can't get him off your left side of your body, sometimes what I, I have to do is I have to keep the leash short, and kind of take my hand, and walk with him, and walk the inside of the circle, and just guide him around the outside of the circle so he gets a little bit more distance and d- does some trotting. So I do that for detection work. I'll get him out of the car, let him go to the bathroom, walk him and then I trot him, trot him, trot him and I, I might spend five, 10 minutes, maybe not, not 10 minutes if it's, if it's not um, too cold outside, if it's just kind of moderate temperatures I'll just trot him around and usually, um, I don't do a whole lot more sometimes if I'm just gonna do some detection work on the leash and he's not running, he's not jumping. So um, just getting him trotting and, and warming up that way. Um, another thing, yeah, Catherine says a lot could be done on a lunge line. So um, I did post the video, but it's basically just running my dog in circles on a on a long line. And uh, another thing that you can do, again, you're, you're, you're just getting the heart rate up. You're trying to get the dog to warm up those muscles. So anything you can do to gradually bring that heart rate up, walking and trotting. Another thing I do is um, tugging. So um, I might bring my dog out, walk him and trot him and play tug. Trot him, trot him, play tug. Trot him around, play tug. That's getting up the heart rate. Another thing that I do is I have a ball on a rope. And if I'm going to be competing, here's the thing if I'm competing and there's some obedience involved in competition, the dog has to pay attention to me at some point, right? So when I do my warm up, I wanna do the warm up right before I enter the show ring, right? And so be careful. Sometimes people go do a really nice warm up and then they wait their turn. And then while you're waiting your turn, your dog is getting cold, right? You've just lost your warm-up. So you might spend 10 minutes doing a warm-up and then you spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes waiting and then now when you go get ready to enter the ring, your dog is you know he's not warmed up anymore. So that's a that's a challenge. Another challenge is um, when you go and you enter the ring, a lot of times depending on what sport you do or what kind of competition, your dog needs to be paying attention and be obedient. They have to be able to listen to you mentally. Your dog has to be there. So if I'm lunging my, my horse, if I'm lunging my dog in circles, or if I'm playing fetch with my dog, or I'm having him chase something, you know, if I have like a little flirt pole and he's chasing the end of a flirt pole, um, he's not really focusing on me. He, there, there's no real obedience involved. So what I like to do um, right before competition, and a lot of times I have to have my dog on leash, is I have a ball on a rope and i'll do i'll have them heel, 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 heel next to me pay a focused heel and then i, I release them and i tug with the ball on the rope i tell him to out he gets in the heel position he heals i say yes i release he tugs and sometimes i'll make them go between my legs and then i'll reward them between my legs um some of you teach your dogs to do figure eights between your legs right and so what i do is um i might do a, a bigger warm-up before i enter the ring but then right those 10 minutes or so when I'm waiting to walk into the ring is I'm engaging my dog in um, a little bit of obedience and a little bit of tugging and play, a little bit of obedience and grab the ball and tug with the ball. And so I'm, I'm keeping the body active, but I'm also keeping the mind active. So it's not just play, but it's release some energy expend some energy, warm up the body, but the dog is still expected periodically to focus on me for some obedience. So I just kind of throw in a little bit of obedience, throw in a little some other movement, some tugging, some playing, and I just keep quickly alternating back and forth so that my dog stays physically warmed up, but mentally my dog is still with me, if that makes sense. Um, so Angie says walks and um, uh, yes, active exercises are great to do. Yeah, and, and again, the level of your um, your warm up and what you do is going to um, also depend on what you're preparing the dog for. So um, a couple other things. So I like to, like I said, I like to trot my dog. I like to, I really do this lunging in circles. I do that a lot with my dogs as a warm up. Um, I will do um, tugging with my dogs. Um, another thing that I will do. Now, um, I don't do this right away. Remember, I want to build the heart rate up slowly. I go from a walk to a fast walk to a trot. After my dog's been trotting around, then I will do um, short sprints. Short. So so now the intensity, a short sprint is more intensity than a trot. And it's going to warm up the body a little bit more than a trot. And so I am not going to start with a sprint. I'll start with the walking and the trotting and then go to the sprinting. So the sprinting, now there's a couple things I do here for the short sprints. One thing you can do is, um, my dogs are ball crazy. So I never, ever, ever let my dogs chase a rolling ball because they're just so crazy. They, they have hurt themselves um, going to catch a rolling ball. So I might do a short sprint where I throw the ball not too far away because I'm, I'm not doing a full out run. I just want short, a short little burst, but I'll throw the ball, let it stop rolling. It's not too far away from me. And then I release my dog. Um, if you're somewhere where your dog can't be off leash, you can get um, a 25 foot line, a 30 foot line, put your dog in a sit stay, you know, toss whatever toy, let it stop rolling, let it be dead on the ground and then send your dog, your dog sprints, goes and grabs it and comes and picks it back up so i will do short distance sprinting um with a dead ball not rolling on the ground another thing that i will do for a sprint is i teach my dog to run to a touch pad and so he will go and i'll suck like a send out i'll send a, a send away down to the touch pad he'll he's very highly motivated so he will run to the touch pad touch it and then sit and wait and then what I'll do sometimes is I'll release them and he'll run back to me and I'll hold the bite pillow or hold the ball on a string and he'll run back and come grab it as a reward. Um, other ways that I'll do a sprint is if I have two touch pads, um, One uh, frequently I'll use like a rubber Frisbee and I'll put the rubber Frisbee on the ground and I'll put two of them. And I have him go from one Frisbee to the other. So he just goes and he uses it as a touch pad and he sprints from one to the other and I might do five or six repetitions as part of my warmup. And um, if my dog has to be on a leash, what I'll do is I might get um, a 20 foot leash and what I do is I stand in the middle of the two Frisbees and I can just send them from one to the other and he can do a short little sprint back and forth and he's doing it on leash so you can get um that's one way how you can get a warm-up that's more um a little bit more intensive than just trotting so if i'm going to be doing some high impact activities if i'm going to be jumping him if i'm going to be doing um french ring and protection work i will do some sprinting and i will bump up the intensity of my warm-up um before i do the higher level higher impact activities um So Kim says, I've been careful with my border collie not throwing things uh, because of her hip uh, has started to bother her. Yeah, a couple of things, again, going with um, chasing something that's rolling. Number one is I like to also preserve the shoulders because my dogs are so crazy. They like pounce on it and uh and yeah it's just harder on the body when your dog is is running and 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 chasing something that's moving or when they're pouncing on it on the ground and kim you just made me think of another thing that i do for a warm up activity and also for just cardio in general is i don't uh, if i'm going to do a retrieve and i let the ball stop on the ground i'll do that but i don't want to do 20 25 30 in a row i i just don't like all that trauma all that impact on the shoulder cuz my dogs were like Like they will literally hurt themselves just pouncing on the ball. So um what I will do if I want to get repetitions in there, but I want to preserve the shoulders or the hips, if you just want to make it less intense, a couple things that I do is um I will take the reward item. I'll use like a ball and a string. And if there, if I'm at a baseball field, what I do is I just run the string through the fence. Um, I just lay it through so the dog can pull it out and I just stick the ball through the fence so it's at about, um, you know, head level. So my dog will run to the fence. Make sure your dog knows there's a fence there so they don't run into it. But I will start really close so my dog knows that the ball is hanging on the fence so he doesn't run into the fence. And what I'll do is I will put the ball hanging on the fence at about eyeball level and then that way he's running towards the fence, he slows down before he gets to the fence, and then he grabs the ball at eye level instead of pouncing on it on the ground. Um, I'll do that, and um, some, if there's any object I can set it on, sometimes there'll be a picnic table or a bench, and I'll set it on the seat of the bench. Again, I'll start it close so that he doesn't just slam his body into it, <laughs> right? Um, but that way that the reward item is off the ground. So he's not pouncing on the ground. Um, another thing that I've done on one of the training fields is they have the orange cones, the pylons. You know when you're driving and they have the orange cones in the road, you know, to keep you out of the lane. And at the top of the cone, the pylon, there's like a, a, a little circle, right, at the, an opening at the top of the cone. And the top of the cone is about, you know, the, the height of my dog and it's a taller one. And so what I'll do is I will put the ball on the top of the cone, and then I'll send him down the field and he'll get the ball and grab the the ball. Here's the thing though, if you compete with your dog, be careful that you don't do something that mistakenly interferes with your training for competition. Because in French ring and in some competitions, they'll use cones on the field as markers, or when we train, we'll use cones on the field for markers and marking distances. So if I'm in competition, I don't want my dog to see a cone on the field and think there's a ball on top of it and go running to a cone, (laughs) right? I mean, that might, you know, it might happen that he, you know, maybe in French ring, he's supposed to be running between the cones, and if he thinks that there might be a reward sitting on top of it, then that's gonna mess me up in competition so you do you do have to be careful um it might be something that you don't even think about it and it ends up interfering with your training for competition um but i I had that happen to me a couple times um where what i was doing for exercise ended up interfering with what i was doing in competition because i didn't think about how it might cross over um uh, Michael said, another problem with throwing the ball is that it will often um, over oh they'll often overtake the ball and make those quick jerky mo- movements. Yes, yes. Um, so you said um, I meant to do it whoops Michael says I meant to throw it but uh, yeah not release uh, release the dog um, after the ball stops moving. but yeah it does happen sometimes even even when the ball that's what happens to my dogs even when the ball is not moving they are so amped up that they will race down they'll slide past the ball or they'll pounce on the ball and then they like fall to the side i had my dog like literally do a somersault right and even if the balls like my one dog i cannot i can't use a ball even if it's a dead ball it's not rolling he's hurt himself with a ball just sitting on the ground um (laughs) so um Oh, Michael said they used once a cone and IPO. So it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, um, here's another thing. I'll, I'll give you another example of where it messed up. Uh, it messed up my competition, but you know, I, I think for me, um, my dog doesn't compete a lot. And if I have a really good activity, that's a great exercise for him. And I do it all the time. If it interferes with competition, it interferes. Because my dog, his exercise and his day-to-day activities, that's more important than if he's competing once in a blue moon. So even though this interfered with my competition, I did not change anything. I was like, whatever. (laughs) But in um, in French Ring, they do a search. They have, it's like an IPO. They have the blinds where the person hides behind the blind. And the dog runs around the field and searches. The, The dog searches for the person behind the blind. Well, I teach my dog for exercise to run around things. So there'll be like a a garbage can at the end of the baseball field. And I'll say around, and he'll go down to the end of the field and he runs around the garbage can and he comes back. And so what happened was I teach my dog to run around different things. If I see a tree, it'll go, go run around the tree, go run around the garbage can. And I can send him away down the field and he can do a full out run and I can give directionals. Well, what happens is on the French ring field, we have different objects. There's a palisade, there's a jump, there's blinds. And so one time I was supposed to send him around the blinds and he ran around the jumps. So he was transitioning my exercise of run around objects. When he went to the competition field, he saw an object and he ran around the object, but it wasn't the object I wanted him to run around um so it does it you know i never i didn't think about that but it did interfere um not not terribly but um but i didn't stop running around objects because i use that all the time for exercise for him and i love it um and so for me it's worth it if we have a little bit of a bloop in the training and we'll work through it but uh but yeah the cone i was using the cones and I realized um, that definitely could mess me up on the the send away when I send my dog down the field because he's supposed to run between the cones and I was teaching him to run to the cone for the reward. Um, so just if you do competition, just be a little bit mindful. Is it a behavior that might interfere with competition? Because it does happen. And usually it sneaks up on you. You don't even realize that it's going to interfere until you're competing and then you're like, whoops. <laughs> um so those are some of the things that i do um and one more thing that i really want to make sure that you guys hear me talk about in the warm-up is a sport oh two things two things sports specific warm-up and stretching we, where does stretching fit into this okay so for a sport specific warm-up it could also be a, a work specific warm-up right if you if you have a working dog okay So one of the best warm-ups you can do is going to be a warm-up exercise that is specific to the activity you're going to be doing. So what you wanna do is you wanna think about your sport or your job, whatever your job is, and think about what your dog has to do and where the hardest demands are on the body in that activity. And for your sport-specific warm-up, you want to warm up those same muscles and kind of mimic those same behaviors but you want it to be at a lower intensity does that make sense so an example would be in in my protection sport in french ring my dog guards when he's um guarding the decoy he stands between the decoy's legs and when the decoy is walking my dog has to walk backwards okay so, you know, there's a lot of sports where your dog doesn't walk backwards. In French ring, the way I train my dog, there's a lot of times where my dog is walking backwards. So part of my warm-up in French ring is I make my dog walk backwards because that is, an extra, that, that is a behavior he's going to be doing in competition. He's going to be doing a lot of walking backwards. So my sport, one of my sports-specific warm-up activities is he walks backwards. And, um, and it's less intense because there's nobody he's going to bite. So he's not as excited. But I'm, I'm, the muscles are mimicking the same behavior as competition. Another example would be in protection sports, he's biting, right? He's biting. So a sports-specific warm-up would be, I want my dog biting. I'm going to have a bite pillow. He's going to bite it. I'm going to tug it a little bit. I'm going to let him push into it. And that's part of my sport-specific warm-up because he's going to be biting on the field. If you have a sport, um, let's say agility, you have jumps. So you might, if you can, you might want to do a couple jumps, have jumping as part of your warm-up. But remember, the warm-up, you're mimicking the, the activity, but it's a lower intensity. It's not at that high, 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 crazy drive so if i'm gonna warm up my dog with jumps i'm gonna maybe i might do lower smaller jumps and i'm gonna i'm not gonna do big distances and i might do just a just a couple right i'm not gonna do a whole bunch of jumps and so um so that's what you need the challenge here is everybody does different activities with their dogs but think about the sport you do think about the job you do and think about okay where is the body feeling stressed? Where is the body, you know, potentially might have some soreness or where are you working the body extra hard? What is the dog doing and how can you mimic that behavior? How can you mimic that behavior before you go into high drive, right? Um, good, Marilyn, nose work. Hey, Kate, thanks for joining us. Nose work. Yeah, if you guys wanna put a couple examples of um, sports specific um, activities and we can brainstorm together. So think about nose work, okay? It's going to depend on what kind of search. Number one, your dog's searching. And, okay, so when I think about detection work and nose work, my dog's head is down and the dog might spend a lot of time with the nose down to a ground, depending on the kind of the kind of nose work you do and what they're searching, right? Tracking, the dog's head is towards the ground. Nose work, you might have some high hides. You might have some low hides. So I'm going to do a general warm up. I might do some tugging um if your dog's doing a lot of tracking a lot of the heads down low i'm I'm gonna do a little bit of stretching with the neck i can warm up the neck i might do some tugging i might do some lateral you know just having the dog turning the head during some lateral stretches um but also think about this is sometimes when you're searching the dog has to go high or the dog um i know one time we were doing um, detection work in a classroom and the dog jumped on a desk or sometimes the dog smells something high and they stand up on their, front, on their hind feet and they put their front feet like up against the wall and they're trying to get at something high and they're standing up on their hind feet. So um, Marilyn, you have to think about um, where are the hides potentially? Um, your dog might be searching something and it might have to crouch low. It might have to crawl under something. Some of our searches, the dog might have to be in a, in a small confined space. So think about where the where the height is going to be. Is it going to be high? Is your does your dog have to jump onto something? Might the dog put his front feet up on, on, um, on a table to try to get up? Is your dog go, going to have to go underneath anything? And so think about those behaviors. And then for a warm-up, I might have my dog put its paws on my shoulders, right? Stand up on its hind end um, and do a stretch you know, through through the groin, through the psoas, the iliopsoas area, I'm stretching the shoulders. I might have the dog do a play bow, right? So you want to think about, think about nose work, but think about what the dog's body will be doing when he's searching, when he or she is searching. So stretching up for elevated hides, yes, exactly. So if your dog is stretching up for an elevated hide, then, for your warm up, think about of a weight you want to get the heart rate up, but think of where the dog is kind of stretching, putting its paws. I drive a suburban, a big SUV so if my dog puts his back feet on the back of my suburban when I open the door, like just standing on his hind feet and putting the front feet and kind of if I can lure him forward, he can get a really nice stretch just by putting his front feet on the back of my car um and on the bumper of my car and my suburban. Um, so that's what you, um, that's what you need to do for your sport or your work that you do, whether it's detection work or a police dog or search and rescue. Um, you want to think about what kinds of physical situations your dog is going to be in. What is their body going to be doing? and um, how can you mimic that behavior and those work those muscles as a warm up. Um, another thing is in agility. In agility, you have the weave poles, right? Now the weave pulls, their dog's going super fast. So you want to mimic, you want to mimic the weaving motion, but you want to slow it down and make it um, you know, less driven. And you want to warm up that kind of lateral bending movements before you actually send your dog full steam ahead running through the weaves. Um, so those are some, uh, some examples um michael said for nose work um, lateral walking trotting would be good instead of circles or as erica mentioned going back and forth to touch uh to the touch pads mm-hmm. so um think about you know you really want to take your um take your activity and break it apart and and think about what is your dog's body doing at different phases of whatever exercise activity competition or job that your dog does right um any other sports or activities that you guys are kind of struggling to think about what would be a sport specific exercise here's one um fly ball so fly ball think about the movement when they hit the box right they hit the box and they make this quick turn, right? To the right or to the left, they come off the box. So think about how you can kind of mimic that quick change of direction, feed up change of direction to the right or left before you actually send them down and compete. Maybe you have a little box and you do something close up and you just kind of mimic the turn and do a couple little warmups like that. Um, when I was rehabbing Bachi from his iliopsoas injury, We were wanting to think of a way to warm up the quick turn to the right or to the left. And what we would do is we would have him, we would have a fence in front of us and we would put um, like a toy down by the fence. But instead of running straight to it, he would go towards the fence and then like make a quick turn to the right or to the left. So we were trying to kind of mimic a turn to the right and a turn to the left. But not as intense as if we're in competition. So, you know, we just kind of used our environment and we're kind of wanting to mimic a turn right and a turn left. Um, another thing that I'll do for that is I'll put my dog in, say, a sit stay or a stand stay. And I put the reward behind my dog. Um, and it might be a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. And my dog is facing forward. So, what happens is when I reward him for the toy, he has to quickly turn to the right or turn to the left to get the toy, so that's a way to kind of do a warm up exercise. If my sport is going to require my dog to do a really quick shift of direction to the a sharp turn to the right or a sharp turn to the left, I can mimic that behavior in a lower drive by simply putting my dog in a sit stay or stand stay and put the toy behind him a little bit you know to the left or to the right. and then that way, um he'll do a you know a quick turn he's really motivated for it so he'll do a quick turn to the right and quick turn to the left but always um this is a higher intensity warm up make sure before you do those short bursts of energy that you had an adequate walking and trotting and build up to it one time my dog did that quick turn to the left and quick turn to the right he did it on his own on cold muscles and he came up limping Um, because he did that real short, sudden turn and his muscles were a little bit warmed up, but they weren't warmed up enough for how intense he did that for his reward because he's so ball crazy, right? Um, So Kate says safety for bat dog, her dog's shoulders and uh, front joints, Um, hard stops in the sand. Yeah. Yes. So um so that's the thing is when you're doing these mimicking these movements hard stops and sand are part of it. Yeah. So when you're doing it it's it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's like you want to mimic the intense moves, the intense twists and turns, but you don't want it so intense that they hurt themselves before you even enter the ring. So anything you can do to think about lowering the intensity So lowering the intensity could be lowering the speed. Um, Lowering the intensity could be to lessen the drive. So let's say my dog is so crazy for a ball, maybe my reward is something that he's not as crazy for. Um, So the secret here is we're mimicking mimicking the moves, but we want to make it a little bit easier on the body, not as severe, not as hard trauma. Because again, if your dog is not adequately warmed up, you're going to do a twist and a turn or a sprint, and um, depending on the, the kind of dog you have, you could potentially um, your dog could potentially you know get injured in the warm-up um, if you're doing something and progressing too quickly um, without giving adequate time for the muscles to warm up. Um, nose work: spin stretches because fast dogs who pick up odor will head twist,, mm, uh, and go back to the odor suddenly yeah think about and and think about individual dogs have their own little unique things that they might do their behaviors and um think about what they're doing to their body what they're putting their body through and how can you help them yeah yeah less (laughs) less drive (laughs) yeah again uh you know less drive can be um a less drive is you can increase intensity but depending on what you're doing you don't want to increase intensity always um, but, uh, a lot of times playing, uh, around with less drive is looking at the reward you have for your dog. You got a really high reward, super high drive, make something that's not quite so appealing. Um, they're not going to be quite as crazy. So, um, I know for example, Knox, um, his drive for the ball on a string is higher than his drive for the bite pillow. And so, um, if I want a little bit less drive, then I'll kind of downgrade them from the ball on the string to the bite pillow um and uh, for some dogs it could be any kind of toy and it's you know then some dogs you play around with food versus toy um but it's things you got to play around with that um and then also the environment um so there kate you change the environment right so if i'm doing something in sand now depends on what you're doing there are situations where sand is going to make the dog work harder and and, an overload on certain parts so depending on what you're preparing for and what you're doing But, um, you know, for example, in snow, if I have some, you know, big, thick, fluffy snow, um, my dog can't make this types of quick twists and turns or or slip and slide like he does on wet grass. And so there's certain like um, in snow, you know, I can do retrieve exercises with my dog in the snow in one foot, two foot snow that I would never do on grass because um, I'm using my environment, I'm using the snow, that's gonna slow him down. Um, so part of it is if you can't control the drive, there might be things in your environment that can control it. Another thing is um, the drive, I control the, dr- the drive in my sprinting, um, the, the, the length of the sprint. So if the sprint is really short, he doesn't build up the kind of speed as if I'm sprinting down a baseball field. Um, another thing that I will do sometimes, um, for my cool down to control him is I have to have him on leash because on a cool down, I want to bring, um, he, he'll just keep trotting, trotting, trotting and keep trotting quickly. And so sometimes, um, to bring his, uh, energy level down or to his drive level down, having him on the leash, um, when I'm cooling him down, he has to be on a leash because if not, he keeps his body, he stays all worked up. He gets all excited. Um, so um wendy says do dogs have problems with tmj like um people and horses do if so i would think massaging their jaws for a warm-up um i don't know if it's if it's the exact same thing but i do know dogs that have had issues and definitely where you will do um you can do massage around the jaws definitely yeah yeah kate said the leash Yep, yep, a leash can control your drive and, and, and a leash can control the intensity. And um, and for example, I can um, I can trot my dog on a six-foot leash, I can do a sprint on a six-foot leash, I can do a 12-foot leash, a 20-foot leash, or a 30-foot line along, and that's in my video, I have a 30, I think it's 30 feet. And I can promise you on the 30-foot line, he's building up a lot more speed than if I keep him on a 10-foot line. Um, so those are, those are different ways to control the intensity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kate said he's nuts over a rapper. Straight line retrieves on a, on a, be, uh, on a baseball field. Yeah. A, a rapper. <laughs> yeah. These dogs are crazy. <laughs> um, so those are some of the things, like I said, sports specific. Warm up, um, do your regular warm up. You can do walking and trotting and stuff like that. But think about your um, specific sport, your job, your work your dog is doing and think about the more intense work. What is the body? What are the muscles doing? And how can you mimic it? Not exactly, but again, lower intensity, lower drive, shorter, smaller jumps and try to mimic it. Um, (laughs) In case there's anything you have, he's nuts for. The last thing I wanted to mention was stretching, Okay. I used to always uh, first, okay, get this out of the way. You've got the dynamic stretching, and then you have kind of your static passive stretching. Just unless you are trained in massage and stretching and on body work, I recommend everybody use dynamic stretching where the dog is going into the range of motion and the dog goes into the behavior. The dog, goes, like a play bow, right? um stretching i do not like the stretching um where you are manually grabbing and putting external force resistance on a body part so when we're talking about stretching this would be like you know a play bow um a spin to the right a spin to the left where the dog is choosing the range of motion and the dog has full control over the range of motion you are not grabbing the leg and positioning the body right so when i talk about any kind of stretching I'm talking about that kind of dynamic stretching. So, I used to stretch my dog as part of my warm up, and um, I I saw some research on human exercise, and they were doing research where they had people that did a, a really good warm up without stretching, and then people who did with stretching, and they were looking at the effects on performance, and they were looking at like injury prevention and they really for before exercise building up you know this is before exercising before you're doing your sport or whatever it is um as long as the people got a good warm-up they some of the research showed that there really wasn't a difference of whether they did the stretching or didn't do the stretching with you know as part of the warm-up um and what they did show though what was important was that you had the physiological changes of the body warming up, the heart rate, the blood flow, right? The muscles warming up, the elasticity. You're getting more elasticity, um, the oxygen flow. So what they found was that the warm up, the the activities of the warm up, and the physiological changes of the body in the warm up, that that contributed to injury prevention and also enhanced performance. But um, doing um, some focused stretching or um, you know, it as long as you had a really good warm up and the body was warmed up, stretching before the exercise really—you um, know—in some of the studies, they really didn't show that it, it it made any statistical significant difference. And so, um, so what I do, I don't—I um, might do—I might do a little spin, or I don't really do a focused any kind of focused dynamic stretching before exercise. Um, I don't do it myself at the gym. I do my stretching after exercise. What I put all my energy in for myself and for my dogs is a really good warmup, um, through the physical activities that I just described. Those are the things that I will do. And I put a lot of time thinking of, you know, making sure my dog is well warmed up before we do our, our full fledged activity that we're doing or our job or our work. Um, and then uh, I do not structure any focused, any real focus at all on stretching. If they stretch, it's kind of by accident. <laughs> um, you know, they do a play bow or whatever. Um, but I will do my focus stretching, where I really consciously focus on doing dynamic stretches with my dog. I will do it after exercise. Um, but the biggest thing here, the most important, is just warming, making sure the body is warmed up. Um, yes, nose to ribs um, stretch, um, nose to foot, nose to shoulder. And again, just luring. And most definitely it's not going to hurt if it's a dynamic stretch, not, not, not one where you are positioning and putting an external force on the body, but that you're just luring the dog, right? It's not going to hurt. Um, just be careful. Um, some people I think put so much emphasis on stretching beforehand that the heart rate comes down. Like the, the dog actually is cooling off. (laughs) Um, so you can use dynamic stretching as part of your warm warmup, um, but as you're building intensity, if you're doing sprinting, um, and then if you're just doing lateral stretches and some basic um, dynamic stretches, at, the heart rate actually could be coming down because it's less intense than doing the sprinting. So, um, you know, doing, doing the dynamic stretching like that, it, it's not gonna, you're, you're not gonna hurt your dog if they're already starting to warm up the muscles but um but definitely if you don't get a good warm up and you just start doing some stretches and then throw your dog out on the field um definitely you could see where you don't have the same kind of performance um if your dog's not adequately warmed up no matter how many stretches you do if they're not adequately warmed up um i can do dynamic stretches all day long and i'm not going to feel comfortable sending my dog over a french ring 1.2 meter hurdle and a palisade wall um, unless he's had a, a little bit more of an intense um, warm-up exercise. Uh, yes, Kim said, with horses, we have them stretch for food. That's what I do with my dogs. When I do have them stretching, I either have them stretch for food or I do a sustained hand target where I teach them to hold their nose on my hand. And then they just, you know, um, I can guide with my hand and they'll hold the stretch that way. But I always start um, teaching them. I, I introduce food. Um yeah, Michael said, unless the stretch was part of physical therapy, but not as a warm-up. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that um, those static passive stretches, those stretches where you put an external force on the body, I'm not saying that those are bad. Um, there is a place, especially rehabbing and um, you know helping to increase flexibility, it does have a role. But you have to make sure it's done correctly and you have to be really sure that you're not going beyond the dog's normal range of motion because um, it's really easy, your dog can't communicate and be like, oh, that's enough, stop stretching, oh, that's a little bit too far, is um, if you are putting an external force on the dog's body to manually stretch them, um, it's at a much higher risk that you are going beyond their comfortable range of motion or, or, or you're pushing that muscle further than it should go so um if it's done properly if you've received training and you know how to do these stretches if your veterinarian taught them or your rehab specialist but um i recommend people unless you had training on it um i recommend people my clients and and my friends i recommend that they don't do those types of stretches and to stick with the dynamic stretching um it's just going to be safer and you're not accidentally going to end up um you know pushing your dog too far beyond its limits. so, um, so, um, so those are um, the last two things. Like I said, sports-specific warm up and my um, my thoughts and my um, views uh, on the stretching. Like I said, I focus my stretching afterwards. Um, if you guys would like to um, know a little bit more of what some of the components are of things to be thinking about in canine fitness, if you haven't taken it yet, I have my canine fitness quiz. And uh, it's broken up into different categories. It's a, it's a great kind of a self-reflective quiz for you to think about um, what are some, of all the different things you need to be thinking about when it comes to canine fitness. Stretching and warming up your dog is just, you know, it's one little, little, little piece. It's one small piece in the big picture of building a fitness program for your dog. So if you haven't taken it, jump on over to canine fitness. It's the letter K, the number nine, caninefitnessquiz.com. And um, it's just like a little self-assessment for you to reflect upon your knowledge and skills in a couple different categories of, of canine fitness. You'll get a summary of your results. So you can kind of see, it'll give a, a tally it up so you see which categories you're stronger in and which categories you're not as strong you might wanna work on. And um, also when you do that, you could qualify for a complimentary um, one-on-one session with me, a virtual session on canine fitness. So if you haven't taken it, uh, jump on over caninefitnessquiz.com all right you guys so i went over time but um this is a popular topic that i get asked questions all the time about warm-up exercises Um, so if you have any additional questions feel free to ask if you're watching the video replay i do read the comments afterwards i will respond Um, jump on over take the canine fitness quiz if you haven't already again it's the letter k the number nine fitnessquiz.com And um, thank you for joining me. I am here on my Northeast Canine Conditioning, my Facebook business page, every Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And I love when you guys join me live, when you ask questions, when you participate. But even if you're watching the video replay, I'd love to hear from you. Do you warm up your dogs? What do you do? If you're struggling to think about what is a sports-specific warm-up for you, um, post it and let me know what your sport is. Let me know what your activity is and I can help brainstorm some for you. Um, and uh, and if, if this was helpful, if you found this information useful, um, I would encourage you to share the video replay. Um, you can share it, email it, share it on Facebook, send it along. Um, because like I said, having this knowledge, you are looking at potentially preventing injuries and you're looking at the possibility of enhancing performance, especially if you haven't been doing warm ups. And uh, this could really benefit you and your dogs in a number of different ways. So I encourage you to share it with others. Feel free to share. And I hope to see you next Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on my Northeast Canine Conditioning Facebook business page. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.